The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey Rockheads, quit pruning your ficus and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 296 with guest Thomas Petricic, recorded live Tuesday, November 20th, 2007. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and now offering SharePoint 2007 video training, DNR TV style, on DVD with Sahil Malik. Online at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telerik, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who experimented with PHP, but didn't inhale, Carl Franklin. Thank you very much. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. It's Carl and Richard here for your .NET geekiness pleasure. How are you, Richard? I'm well, sir. And, uh, you know, middle, getting into the Christmas time thing. So I know it's Christmas time when I sprain my knee trying to put up lights. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm smart. I let the wife and kids do it. Very nice. So, what was that line? Sit back it, with a bourbon and watch. It's not really Christmas time until you see tinsel coming out of the cat's butt. Oh, ouch. <laughs> and on that note, better know a framework. Okay, what do you got? Man, you know, if we don't do game shows when we retire, there's something wrong with us. Oh, why? We just have that sound about us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about an old chestnut, which is uh, system.text.regularexpressions.match. Oh, here we go. So for those of you who don't know what regular expressions are, uh, you need to get up to speed on this because it's a very, very powerful way to search data and lots of it and match patterns in data to find exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, if you've ever done any kind of text parsing, you should be doing it with regex. That's right. So uh, basically, there's the re- uh, regular expression syntax, which you can you know, read all about right in the framework, or you can go to someplace like regexlib.net or regexlib.com where there's databases of regular expressions that are set up to match everything from email addresses to zip codes to 
addresses to and just about any kind of data structure that's text that you can imagine. And the match class is what you use to pass in the regular expression, the pattern, and then some text to see if it matches that pattern. Right. And that's all I'm going to say about it because uh, it's just very powerful and it's um, something that you should know about if you don't already know. So there you go. System.text.regularexpressions.match. Richard, what's up? I got an email. And it starts out, Dear Richard and Carl, I've just listened to show 290 with Tim Sneath and Ian Ellison Taylor. Great show, by the way. I always enjoy the off-the-beaten-track DNR episodes. Yep. In the intro, you read an email asking for another show on AOP, that's Aspect-Oriented Programming, and invited the audience to let you know if we want to hear about it. Well, as part of the audience, I'd just like to add my vote for more AOP shows. As a matter of fact... Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we just record one like that? Of course, it hasn't did. been published yet. but I think that'll be Thursday. Yeah, another week. Oh, yeah, next next week. Next week. Right. I really enjoyed your last series, and at the end of those, you said there might be some more, so yes, please, more AOP, IOC, DI, ORM, and all that good stuff. And all the other acronyms. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I don't want to turn DNR into RCAST, but certainly all these architectural topics from a programmer's point of view would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for continually delivering a great show. Cheers, Damien. It's a show for developers, but developers need to know what's going on in the whole spectrum of developer world. And if we do need more architectural time, I'm happy to provide it. We'll bring more folks in along those lines. Just send us an email, .NET rocks at franklins.net. we just like to talk. That's right? it. Well, uh, what else is happening? Um, what can we talk about now before we bring on this guest? Let's see. We have the new SharePoint DVD with Sahil Malik, uh, nine-plus hours of DNR-TV-style uh, SharePoint training. The detailed list, uh, table of contents, and a sample video are now available at www.franklins.net. So you can check it out. Site licenses are available. It's the best thing going for SharePoint uh, training. Just go check it out. Also, uh, the people at Infusion in New York City still sucking up .NET Rocks listeners to go work in New York for a year. They'll fly you out there. They'll put you up in an apartment and pay your rent for a year if you qualify. Uh, they really want some good, talented people. So if you're interested in that, go to shrinkster.com slash kh6. And yes, shrinkster.com is back online. Woohoo! Thank you, Mr. Franklin. Yes, we're hosting it now. We own Shrinkster. And uh, have fun with that. Our guest on the line today is Thomas Petricek. He's a C-sharp MVP and a student of computer science at Charles University, which is located in Prague, the capital city of the Czech Republic. Thomas is a big fan of functional programming and lately the F-sharp language. He spent three months as an intern in Microsoft Research in Cambridge, working with the F-sharp team on a project that simplifies development of client-server web applications in F-sharp called F-sharp Web Tools. He is also a contributor and now also administrator of the open-source PHP compiler for .NET called Fallinger, or Fallinger, we don't really know, <laughs> which makes it possible to use .NET libraries from PHP and most lately also supports the Silverlight platform. We please welcome Thomas Petricek. Thomas, welcome to .NET Rocks. Hi, hi. I was just in Prague, oddly enough. I should have looked you up while I was there. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you world traveler, you, Richard. I get around, it's true. So another show on F-sharp. 
Well, no, it's not another show on F Sharp, but I did <laughs> find Thomas through F Sharp. Yeah, yeah. When I was gathering my resources for F Sharp, Thomas's name came up and I looked at some of his stuff. But the real thing that made me crazy was the idea of PHP on the ASP.NET platform. With Silverlight. Well, and then Silverlight's even more beyond that. I mean, originally, when I was thinking about the show, I was thinking, wow, PHP on the ASP.NET platform. Once again, the whole language interoperability thing is working. Let's check this out. Silverlight came after the original idea, which just completely blows my mind. So, Thomas, um, educate me a little bit, on, as naive as I am on PHP, about it. I mean, I, I understand that it is ASP.NET-like in architecture in that... It's a uh, sort of a C-ish kind of language, and that there is some sort of framework underneath that um, has been ported to different web servers and different operating systems. Yeah. So it makes it, it it is a little bit strange to have PHP sit on top of ASP.NET unless you think of that PHP as just the language. Is that really what we're talking about? Yeah. So the PHP itself is. Uh, if you if you don't know what it is, it's one of the most favorite web development platforms, right. I think. Yeah, that is uh, funny because you know me being a programmer and everything, and but you know I'm Mr. .dot net guy, so actually yeah, so, I'm Mr. Talk uh, Show host guy, so don't even judge me by that. <laughs> but my experience with PHP has been that it is still like ASP in the sense that it's very easy to just get in there, build some pages. You know, it, it doesn't. It, it hasn't become as rigid as ASP.NET has been. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think the difference is that PHP uh, sort of evolved from the programming style that you used in ASP, while uh, ASP.NET is like revolutionary change. Uh, and so in PHP currently there are many frameworks that. Uh, are in some ways similar to what you can use in ASP.NET if you want, but you have still the possibility to write your own framework. And in fact, this is what many, many PHP developers do. Uh, and yeah, so, so PHP as a language, it's a dynamic language. Uh, so it has dynamic typing, which means that uh, you don't have to write the types and things like that, mm -hmm. and and it comes with a really huge number of basic functions that you can use for whatever you like, and typically there are uh, some big frameworks that are purely built in PHP and that the PHP developers use to write their own web applications. Okay. So, but when we're talking about PHP on ASP.NET, we're really yeah. talking about the language. So, when we start talking about Phalanger, which, uh, which is a PHP compiler for .NET, which uses ASP.NET, uh, so I should, I should mention that the project was started actually at our university, by a group of four people, excluding me, uh, who did almost everything on the project. So uh, two of them are now actually working in Microsoft, and one of them is 
working on the Iron Ruby compiler. Okay. Uh, so their names are Tomáš Matoušek and Ladislav Prošek. And I joined the project when they went to Redmond. So, uh, so I started looking, uh, looking at the project a little bit later. And, uh, so the, the, there was a first version of Challenger, which, uh, was just able to take, uh, some quite huge PHP applications and compile them and run them on IIS. But, uh, the, the developer of these PHP applications didn't actually know that it's running on IIS hmm. because it just took the whole website, including, let's say, hundreds of PHP files, compiled that into one DLL, and it just worked on IIS. Wow, cool. So, so that was, that was, uh, it wasn't really, uh, like the thing that you get with all these .NET languages where you can use anything from from the .NET framework, but that was the that was the first version, and uh, there were some quite huge version uh, huge changes in the second version, which actually allows you to use .NET framework classes from PHP code that you write. So, I mean, your initial incarnation, you were bringing over all of the different functions that are built into PHP to work with cookies and, and all of yeah. this sort of stuff that we need to do in web programming, and yeah. we're somehow yeah. attaching yeah. them into ASP.NET? Uh, so, um, it's, all, these, all these functions are just implemented in C-sharp. Uh, there are some attributes that say like this function should be exported to PHP code uh, under name, let's say set cookie or whatever. Right. And so this this library is using heavily ASP.NET because that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, so it actually uh, runs on top of ASP.NET, but in the first version you didn't really know about that because there was no way for talking directly to ASP.NET. And I was reading on a website that a guy took a PHP BB, which I think is arguably one of the most popular PHP apps of all time, the yeah. bulletin board yeah. that's written under PHP, and just straight compiled it into the ASP.NET environment. Didn't have to make any changes at all. Yeah, that's how it works. That's magic. Uh, well, it's. I think it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the, the next thing is that many PHP projects use some extensions that are, uh, so we can, we can either re-implement those extensions, like for connecting to uh, MySQL database. Right. We can either re-implement them in uh, C-sharp or whatever we, we want. Is there or, any way to use the provider model to just make a nice plug socket for them? Yeah, so um, the problem is that we really can't change the way it looks to PHP code if we want to keep it compatible with PHP. I see. So um, even in the first version, you could write your own uh, like extension library in C-sharp with some 
PHP functions and use these functions from PHP, but you had to write it in some special way. And the interesting thing about the second version is that you can really use any class written in C Sharp. Okay. L let me ask you this. Is there anything missing? I mean, this bulletin board worked, so that that's a good sign, but is there anything... Are there any gotchas? Yeah, there are uh, there are problems with uh, some of the PHP extensions because we can actually uh, run PHP four extensions natively. So we can just take the extension DLL, DLL which is written in C, and uh, run it or use it from Phalanger. But this works only for the version four. And there is uh, plenty of extensions written only for PHP 5, mm -hmm. which uh, we currently can't directly use. So we have to uh, re-implement them or, uh, or we would have to find some way for using these extensions directly. So that's the problem that you can get if you, if you try to run your favorite PHP open source application using Phalanger. But it's only the latest stuff that you're going to bump into. I, I get the sense that older apps should be able to migrate pretty painlessly. Yeah, so uh, we actually uh, looked at, I think, most recently, like five very popular PHP applications, and it worked. Uh, but you can def well, it, it's there are definitely many other applications where you will have some extension missing. So that's the problem. Hey, this is Carl. I just want to take a minute out of the show to tell you about Telerik's Q2 2000 tools update, which can be summed up this way. Blazing fast performance for ASP.NET, WPF-like visual effects for Windows Forms, and codeless reporting. The Ajax-based content editor is now 76% faster and much more intuitive. The grid also received a performance boost, plus PDF export, frozen columns, and they've even added a new awesome scheduling component. What I find even more intriguing is Telerik's Windows Form Suite. It's unbelievable that it offers WPF-like visual effects like scaling, rotation, object motion, transparencies, and so on without WPF. As a result, you could have grids, tree views, ribbons, and more with a previously impossible level of interactivity and appeal. Telerik has recently added cab support, which makes the component set a perfect fit for large enterprise applications. Lastly, with Telerik reporting... You can create advanced business reports in Windows, Web, or PDF format using pretty much design time only. Wizards, expression builders, and converters help you with the design, styling, and integration. You'll also be amazed to see some unique features like CSS-like styling and conditional formatting. See what all the fuss is about. Download a trial at Telerik.com, and don't forget to thank them for sponsoring .NET Rocks. I just want to interject here that while you guys were talking, I went to dictionary.com. Uh, the pronunciation is phalanger. If you're talking about the possum, which is the only other definition besides the compiler. And where did the name come from? 
so it's it's actually uh, the letters in the name. Uh, you can read them. You can take the P and H for PHP. Then uh-huh. you can take L for language. And uh, I'm wondering where is the compiler? Yeah, uh-huh. ER for the compiler, sort of stick it on the end? ER is for the compiler. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, but okay. It's, it's the, the, the guys who, uh, who used this name also knew that it's uh, some, I think, mammal living in yeah. Australia. Right. Or it says any of numerous arboreal marsupials of the family Phalangeridae. Yeah, of so. Australia having fox-like ears and a long bushy tail. <laughs> so if, if you if you look at the uh, Phalanger website, which is php-compiler.net, then you can see a little picture of the animal there. <laughs> All right, so I'm thinking about a typical scenario. In a normal PHP distribution, I've got a PHP app I'm running, I'm running on Apache, and I'm probably mm. using MySQL on the back end. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's pretty common. So now, I mean, the whole point here is I'm, I want to move this app to ASP.NET, say I'm in a, a server farm or a server environment that's mm. all IIS. So I take my code, I use Phalanger to compile it. I guess data access has got to be the stumbling block here. What do I do about my MySQL stuff? Well, you can, you can still use MySQL database because we have the extension for, for this platform. Right, and there is a Windows version of MySQL. Uh, yes, yes. Or you can connect to another server. So it, is it tough to convert from server to server? Can I connect this to SQL Server? Yeah, I think it should, it should work. That's anything you can do with uh, .NET data access objects should also work with with our extensions because they are just using uh for for Microsoft SQL server they are just using uh the system dot data namespace. So. And this is where things I think get really interesting is here is regular PHP code that should be able to be ported back to its own environment and so forth. But mm. once you start writing code in PHP that uses the .NET framework you're yeah, not going then, back. Like, there's no way to go back to the Apache environment. Well, actually, it should be, but that's not very well tested because uh, uh, Phalanger should be also able to run on Mono. So right, you can of course, Mono. run it on Mono, on Apache, uh, and use uh, .NET functions from Mono implementation. But as I, as I mentioned, this is not really very well tested. So we would like to support that, but we would need much more people to work on the project to make it possible. So, so I'm coming at this from an IT sort of perspective where I want to manage my environment better and it's easier to take existing PHP apps and migrate them into my ASP.NET environment. But are there other reasons why you would do this? So... Um, I think for me the most compelling reason for using Phalanger on the server for developing server-side applications instead of using standard PHP, which is pretty good in in this job, is if you want to uh, integrate uh, some PHP applications with your ASP.NET solution. 
like for example, you could take PHP BB right. and modify the code to use um, ASP.NET providers instead of their own implementation of like membership and things like that. And you could share the same user base, uh, user database from from your ASP.NET application and from the from the PHP BB forms. So that's quite nice thing you can do. Can I ask a question? And I I I really am trying to be quiet because I don't have any experience in PHP, so I don't want this whole show to be a bunch of dumb questions. But uh, but um, in terms of of PHP itself, are there things that it does better that it's more suited to um, that ASP.NET doesn't do as well so that you might want to set up some code interop, like maybe you want to write something in PHP that, that does something really well as in make an assembly out of it and then call that from your C-sharp website? Is that a common scenario? There are, there are uh, some things which you can do more easily in PHP because just because it's dynamic language and because it has this very big uh, function library that you can use. And um, also there uh, is really a lot of projects and mostly open source projects implemented in PHP that you might want to use from ASP.NET application or from actually any .NET application. So you can uh, just uh, find some interesting PHP library, compile it using Falanger, and use it from your .NET code. And that's probably what most of this is going to be. I mean, there's just because there's so much PHP code out there, right, that you want to, yeah, instead yeah. of having to analyze yeah, it and rewrite the it. the interesting thing is that Salinger um, makes it possible to use some of these existing PHP applications from .NET. And um, I actually think that the standard uh, PHP uh, environment and the, their uh, compiler uh, is actually pretty good for uh, running the, the applications without modifications, but once you want to integrate the application with .NET, then there is no other way than using Salinger. So that's when it becomes interesting for me. Now, normal operating environment for PHP under Apache and so forth is essentially an interpreted uh, program. It, like I said, it's very much like ASP. Yeah, so I got to think when you feed it through the .NET compiler mm. and and put it out as DLLs, it must be really fast. Yeah. Um. We had we we did some tests and it's um it was two times faster for some uh I think for the PHP BB application uh but sometimes we can uh maybe have a little issues in the runtime because the project is really big so um I think that the um, standard uh, interpreter is much better tested than ours implementation, but that's that's definitely thing we would like to work on. So, 
Well, I guess the downside to this model is, I mean, PHP really is monolithic. It's a huge number of functions in essentially one gigantic library, and all of that needs to be loaded when you when you run your PHP uh, app. Yeah, I think, well, the, they, the functions are split in few extensions. Oh, okay. And you can configure which extension to load, and it works basically similarly in Challenger. That's how it works. Now, I mean, I'm still, I'm taking two scenarios here. One is a migration scenario where I have an existing mm. set of PHP code that's working yeah. for me, and I want to move it over into the ASP space and then grow it over there. Yeah. And I, there's no reason then I can't have, and the other, the other angle on this is I've got a gr- group of skilled PHP developers, mm-hmm. and why do I want to turn them into rookie C-sharp developers when I can keep them productive? Yeah, so actually quite nice thing that you can do is to um, take your C-sharp programmers and let them write, for example, um, uh, the business logic and the data access layer for the application and use uh, this C-sharp library from the PHP code that implements the presentation layer and is actually implemented in PHP. Uh, It is using uh, some of the language features that Salinger has to to add to the PHP language, so you can use uh, .NET types. Uh, And yes, so you can can, uh, combine C-sharp and PHP in one project, and I think this is quite interesting scenario, and it works really nicely. So, um, can yeah. I can I ask you about the implementation? Is this just another language that um, can plug into Visual Studio, and or or does it have its own sort of environment? Yeah, it's uh, it can plug into Visual Studio, so you get. Uh, you get syntax highlighting, sure. you get some error checking, but unfortunately we don't have IntelliSense yet. Okay. One of our developers is working on that. So. But you can actually write PHP code in Studio. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. It's most of the PHP I've ever written, and I'm like Rory Blythe. I don't mm-hmm. want to even admit that I've written PHP code, and when I have, I've done it for free. <laughs> but I did it all in Visual Notepad. Yeah. Yeah. So I will probably um, go to my death without having written a line of PHP code. It's, it's quite all right. You know, but the funny thing is that PHP is very much like that original ASP feel. It's very dynamic. It just flows out of you. Right. Uh, it's not real maintainable code. You have to be very personally disciplined to well, write I good code. I think that's actually... It really depends on on the team that does the application, right? And if you um, if you're skilled PHP developer, then you can write very well readable code. But it's really def- difficult because uh, you don't have any restrictions. That it's would totally the responsibility of the developer to yes. write tidy yes. code. Yeah. So. Uh, for example, if you just want to write some list of of items from database, then 
it's just fine to do it in the uh, like ASP style because it's really easy. You can you don't need to add three different files to make it an application. But once the project becomes larger, uh, you really have to think about more how how you want to structure the code, and that the PHP community has some really good projects that help with this. So they have some templating systems that divide the code uh, in a similar way in which ASP.NET does that. So you have some template, which is like ASPX file, right. and then you have some code file, which is like C-sharp code for in, in ASP.NET project. Do you see it as a strategy to migrate developers from PHP coding into C-sharp? Does it really bridge the gap that way? Um, so, uh, I don't know how it, how it uh, really works, uh, for example, in U.S., because I think the community is uh, probably very different there. Uh, in Czech Republic, there is huge number of PHP developers, right. and there are there is also a huge number of PHP jobs. So they just can use PHP without any issues. Uh, so what we wanted really to focus on initially is uh, when you. Uh, when you are a big company that has something in ASP.NET and has something in PHP and needs to integrate these two applications together, or uh, you started some project in PHP and want to switch to ASP.NET and use some of the existing knowledge that the developers already have in PHP, Right, so it's really an interoperability solution. Yeah, I think that's that's actually what .NET was made for. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And you can see it with other languages as well. Okay, so where did Silverlight come from in all of this? Yeah, right. Yeah, so um, Silverlight, uh, so the version 1.0 is actually not very interesting, at least for me. For a developer, I think, it's not very interesting. But you can still, uh, for example, generate the SAML file from PHP on the server side. Right. But that's, that's not really what I'm interested in. Uh, the really exciting part comes with Silverlight 1.1, uh, where the, the component that runs in browser has some implementation of subset of the .NET framework. Yes. So uh, you can write code that drives the plugin in C-sharp and in dynamic languages like Iron Python, Iron Ruby. Yes. And thanks to Fellinger, also in PHP. Awesome. That's crazy. So you're writing PHP code that runs inside of Silverlight. Yeah, so we, we use a similar model as the dynamic languages have, but we are, um, because Palantir was built before dynamic language runtime, we don't actually use uh, currently the dynamic language runtime, but that's uh, another interesting topic that we can talk about later. Uh, but, so uh, currently Palantir is 
just implemented mostly using system.reflection.emit, which became my popular namespace in .NET framework. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so this namespace is also available on Silverlight, and which means that we could uh, take the existing implementation, did do a few changes, well, actually quite a lot of changes, but it's still a few changes when you compare it to what we could do. Yeah. And it's, with these changes, it just runs on Silverlight, which means that you can write the code uh, that drives the tries the rich application in in PHP and it runs in the browser. Yeah. So you're still working in Studio, still working the same way, you're just using a subset of features, the the same way you would develop Silverlight in say C sharp. You just gotta make sure you stick to the classes that are available in the C sharp. You're compiling it and pushing the assembly out via Silverlight. Um so it's actually not um you don't have to compile the code uh the PHP code in advance, like in C-sharp, but instead it uh, works more like dynamic languages where you just uh, use some uh, reference directive in your XAML file, and uh, the browser downloads the source code for the application, the thing that's written in PHP, or uh, in Iron Python or Iron Ruby, and it downloads the code to the browser, compiles it in the browser, and runs it in the browser. Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty simple, and I guess it just goes to prove the whole concept of this language agnostic way of doing things with a common language runtime means that languages you wouldn't expect uh, become viable in these other platforms. It just seems to have happened so fast. I mean, 1.1 is still alpha and already PHP is running with it. It's, I think, really a luck that they included all the tough parts that we needed in, in the compiler. Uh, but it's still, when I, when I first thought, well, let's try compiling Challenger on Silverlight, I just removed the references to the .NET 2.0 assemblies and replaced them with Silverlight assemblies. Right. And I got like 800 C-sharp error messages. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then I fixed all of them. And I realized that these were only for missing classes. So I got another like 600 of error messages, which means that there was some missing method. But it's, um, it was mostly in the parts that you really don't need on Silverlight, which means like, uh, when you run it in ASP.NET, it caches some compiled um, compiled PHP scripts, checks uh, if you change the PHP source file on the server so it could recompile it, and that's uh, and all the all the integration with ASP.NET. That's not what you need on Silverlight because on Silverlight you you need some basic PHP functions from the core library, but that's only a few functions, and you need to be able to access any .NET functionality, which is what what's possible with Challenger 2.0. Hmm. 
This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Developer Express. Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. So tell me about uh, F-Sharp Web Tools. Uh, yeah, so F-Sharp Web Tools, um, so it's actually based on uh, the idea that you should be able to write uh, the server-side code and the client-side code in same way. And because it's based on F-Sharp, that means that you should be able to write both client-side and server-side code in F-Sharp. And also, you should be able to do this in one file, which means that uh, if you have some ASPX file with some controls, then uh, the goal is to make it possible to write the client-side event handlers in the same way in which you write the server-side event handlers currently. Right, and, and right now, when we do that, they're completely different from each other. A, yes. a JavaScript handling is very different from the way we write events on an ASP.net. Yeah, net. exactly. So currently, you have to write one in JavaScript using completely different set of functions, second in uh, C-sharp or F-sharp in uh, again, using completely different libraries, and when it becomes really, really difficult, is when you want to call the C sharp method from JavaScript. Yeah, because right. you have to use this uh, XML HTTP request, which is quite nice. But uh, I mean, why, why? Why do you have to do it explicitly? You just want to call a function that's on the server side. That's just a function call. So, well, is the how does that work exactly? Do you write the the client side code in Visual Studio with with all the things that that gives you, or or is it just the 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 syntax that's similar? Um, in in Azure Web Tools, you just uh, write the client-side code in F-sharp, and you get all the things like uh, type-checking and um, intellisense that you get with F-sharp. And um, F-sharp has this feature called quotations, which is like extended version of C-sharp expression trees, which means that uh, you can mark some method and then uh, look at the code that the method uh, contains. So uh, so the uh, F-Sharp Web Tools um, F-Sharp Web Tools has some like compiler that takes the uh, F-Sharp quotation which represents the method and translates it to JavaScript. But the code in the uh, in the F-sharp quotation is, uh, well, it, it has to be fully valid, compilable F-sharp code. Right. Which means that you get all the checks that 
you have on the server side in F Sharp. So I'm still trying to figure out, is the web tools the environment? Is it a compiler? Is it uh, an IDE? What it, is it all uh, yeah, of those things? So it's actually um, .NET library written in F Sharp that you can use from your F Sharp web applications. Okay. So you, um, when you're writing web application in F Sharp web tools, you just start like with any ASP.NET project. Uh, the code behind code has to be written in F Sharp because that's the only way for F Sharp web tools to get these quotations. You change some right. base class in the page and you change a few controls in the markup and then you can you can uh use this uh these annotations to say what uh method should be on the server and what method should be on the client side interesting it's an interesting idea it almost makes me wonder why they didn't do this in the first place with on the c sharp side right Although yeah, this well, atlas is sort of like this, sort of. Um. Yeah. Well, do, do you know the Volta project done by yeah. Eric Meyer? Oh yeah, of course. So that's uh, that's another approach to quite similar uh, problem or with similar goal. Uh, but they just use IL uh, instead of F sharp quotations, which which I decided to use. Just for clarification, Volta is the project that takes any language and translates it into JavaScript. Yeah, well, it takes um, any language that's, that can be compiled to, to IL, right. a reasonable IL code, I would say. So I actually didn't have a chance to play with it, but I would suppose that if we took some really nasty PHP compiled to IL, then Volta probably would have some problems with translating this to JavaScript. But it Volta works really, really well for VB and C Sharp. Okay. Well, and it definitely has some possibilities uh, in terms of... It, it's funny how much we're trying to insulate ourselves from JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's, that's, what, that's what Eric always says, because... He views JavaScript only as a runtime, which yeah. is a little bit slow, but it's available in every browser. But it's not really a language where you would like to write some code. It's good runtime in some ways, but certainly ubiquitous. Now, how did you end up involved with F Sharp? Uh, so I, I actually was quite lucky because. We had some MVP event in Cambridge. And you're uh, an MVP. I think, yeah. Uh, so there was, I think there, there was some event in Cambridge like two years ago. And I was thinking about this project, this F-Sharp Web Tools, uh, as it's currently called. But I actually didn't know uh, what would be the best way to, to do it. And um, I met Don Syme, who's doing the F-Sharp language in Cambridge. Right. 
and we talked a little bit about the project and he suggested that I can use F sharp and the quotations facility to do this. So, so did you already know about F sharp before you got there? Um so I know a little bit about F sharp. I just knew that they that Microsoft research does some functional programming language right. for the net. That's mostly all I knew. How did you become an intern there? Um so uh I don't really know but <laughs> I think I was I was asking Don uh questions about F sharp and how can I do this, how can I do that because before uh well it was one and a half year there was really no documentation on F sharp. Hmm. Uh and he um invited me to to come and to try to apply for an internship there. So this is Don Syme we're talking about. Yeah. And so you applied for an internship and you got it. How long does it last? Uh so the internship was for three months. It's uh supposed to be um for summer if you if you're a student. Right. But I actually didn't come in the summer term because um I had some free time earlier. So were you you lived in Cambridge for three months? Yes, yes. Uh is it do you get paid? How do you cover your costs being there? Um you get you get paid. So oh. you can cover living costs from that and you you even get something that you can take home. It must be quite an experience to work at Microsoft Research for three months. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. It was fantastic for me because um yeah I really didn't know what to expect from working in Microsoft research but uh, I think the most amazing thing for me was that you just get uh complete freedom in what you do. Uh so I I wanted to work on this project and I talked a little bit with Don about it earlier. But when I came, I just got a computer in Microsoft Lab, and I was told that I can install everything I need there and just start working on your project. That's all. How many other interns were there? So there is, uh, there are quite a lot of interns in uh, in research centers in Microsoft. I think. Uh, well, when I came, it was uh, in May, so there were like 10 of us. Okay. But later, uh, during the summer, there were much more people, so I would say maybe even 40 or something like that, which is uh, not very much if you, if you uh, compare it to the size of Redmond campus, but in Cambridge... I think there is there are like hundred people in the lab. Wow! So so half again the population of the lab as interns. Yeah, yeah. Only only in the summer. So what's next for you? I mean, now you're running the Phalanger project. Uh, how are you making a living? Um. So I'm I'm just a student, so I don't need very much. <laughs> okay. But. We have some projects uh, based on Phalanger. That's yeah, that's one thing. And 
I spent three months in in Cambridge, which also was quite good. So, well, Thomas, I think we're coming down to the end of the show here. Is there any anything else that you wanted to talk about with us? Uh, so, uh, one more thing about Challenger that I would like to mention uh, is that we uh, finally uh, exchanged a few emails with the people who do the, uh, the official PHP compiler and. Uh, we talked about the possibility of uh, closely, more closely interacting uh, because it would be, I think it would be really nice if uh, Salinger was sort of part of the official PHP uh, group of tools, if, if I can call it like that, uh, because there is, I think, quite a lot of people in the PHP community interested in Silverlight. So that's probably a thing that we would like to focus more on in the future. And also uh, another interesting thing is or would be integrating Salinger with DLR, which would allow right. many other interesting things, um, especially with um, with interoperability with other dynamic languages on .NET. And these are open source projects. They're on CodePlex, so anybody can contribute if they want to. Uh, to Falanger. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you can get the source code from CodePlex. Uh, there is already the Silverlight implementation there, so you can start looking at it. Um, we will need to work a little bit more on the documentation, so it's more easy to start with doing some changes. But, uh, yeah, we, we really would like to welcome anyone who's interested in contributing to the project because it's, it's an open source project, so community support is the most important thing. What do you have left to do, Thomas, on Fallinger? Isn't it isn't it done? Almost? Um, yeah, well, uh, it looks like it's done, but it's not really done because uh, I think it currently proves, for example, for Silverlight, it proves that it can be done. Uh, you've seen the, seen the helicopter game, which I think we should add some link too, so people can play I think helicopter game playing in PHP. Richard was playing it before we started. Yeah, it's already taken up five minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that shows that it can be done, but to do it really properly uh, would be to use uh, DLR for things that where we can actually use DLR, and there are some parts of DLR that we would really like to use in Flanger because it would uh, simplify our code a lot. And you so, mentioned the extensions as well. Yes. Yeah, so um, on the uh, server-side thing, server-side part of Flanger, uh, there is uh, really the need to do, to implement all the new extensions, but that's that's really difficult. So um, I would be much much happier if uh, if we could do this 
more closely interacting with the PHP community. And I think the key value for the community, for for the PHP community currently, uh, that they can get from Phalanger is Silverlight. So that's what what I would like to look at more closely now. But uh, yeah, on the on the server side, uh, there is really need to do uh, much more testing, trying which uh, which PHP applications uh, can be compiled with Phalanger, reporting all the issues with other applications, and implementing the extension. All right, Thomas. Well, thanks for being on the show, telling us all about Phalanger and your exploits. Good luck to you in the future, and good luck with the product. Thanks. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a dog.